Guys, tonight we're talking about some watches that we bought this week and some pieces we probably shouldn't have. <laughs> We're back. We're nice back. to be back. Hey, guys. Welcome back. The Trading Desk, episode number one million and something. Uh, it is Thursday night. This is, it is not Joshua Thanos. It is not. Uh, Mike Manjos. Been here nice before. Be here again. He's Thanks back. Thanks for having me back. Uh, very uh, on-demand personality. People kept asking where Manjos was. Uh, where were you? Uh, I've been all over. Most less, less, Last I was in Hong Kong. Last so, week, so all over the place, all over the uh, place. But yeah. yeah, a couple other nice Switzerland, Moscow. It's nice when you nice see him strolling to the office. Yeah, it's uh, nice every, to be back. Every I'm once home for a month now, so nice. I'm very excited about it. Fantastic. All right, good to have you back. Great to be here. We got some cool stuff for this episode tonight. Uh, I appreciate you guys tuning back in. Um, you know, obviously, first episode since we announced that Josh is no longer going to be uh, doing the show regularly. He may be back guest occasionally as a there. guest appearance, but. It's the new, uh, the new regime, right? 2.0. <laughs> so we're going to start off in old-fashioned. We did bring a bunch of watches for you guys today. We did. So we're going to talk about all these. But in usual fashion, I'm going to pull right to wrist shots. Your classic. I've liberated this from the watch box after wearing the, uh, the new Octo Finissimo for two weeks in, in a row. This is the uh, 114060 Submariner non-date. Everybody gets mad when I say non-date, but my watch it's not yours it's just a submariner like. yes so this has no date on it call it whatever you want uh ceramic uh 114060 this is uh every time i put this watch back on my wrist uh it, it reminds me why i own it it's just completely versatile everyday type watch that always feels at home and uh i yeah. think no matter how far like i love the explorer 2 i love the octo even like but i i think no matter how far i get in the watch game, like there'll always be a place for a Submariner. Always a place. Most classic so, watch there is. Yeah. And exactly. especially no date Submariner. Yeah. Without a doubt. Cool. What do you I wear? actually uh, didn't, I was wearing my Batman today, but I went into the vault and dug out, uh, which is one of my all time favorites. Uh, it's a 218206. So it's a <sighs> platinum uh, 41. Um, very unusual blackout dial. Uh, almost all the date eight platinums you see are Glacier because Glacier is the only way it comes right. typically. So basically, everybody who buys platinum usually gets Glacier. This was somebody special ordered, I'm sure. Um, I've only seen two of them in my years dealing with platinum Rolexes, and I just love the feel of this thing. I mean, it just yeah, it's I put heavy, it, it's yeah. meaty, it's beautiful, it's the perfect size for me. Um, I'm getting very attached to it yeah, very quickly. I put it on my wrist earlier. It's very, very nice. And that's a factory dial, which is awesome. Um, it's got a nice sheen to the all black. It's not like all one tone, so it's nice. It does feel no, it's almost like, a gray a, like a very impressive, bracelet, yeah. expensive dial. So, But, but the yeah. whole watch, just like driving down here, I was looking at it, and it was just beautiful. It just, like, it huh, feels I wonder good. if I just keep driving. <laughs> all right. Who wants those kids in college anyway? Yeah. That's, awesome a, uh, that's a landmine in and of itself, you were telling me. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so... That's wrist shots. That's introductions. Top five. Top five. You, we did top five last time. We you were did here. top five last year. Actually, last time we had a, the Raymond Weil in the top five, which completely threw me off, but we right. handled it. So I have no idea what top five is today, but let's, let's get to it. There we uh, go. Very nice top five today. Okay. That's a, it's a little weird, but I can, I can roll with that. So uh, what do I know about this, Graham? Not a whole lot. Silverstone, I know it's the big, I believe this is the 47 millimeter or the 48 millimeter. Uh, this GMT. We've seen quite a few of these grams. I I don't know if we 
if we bought a bunch of these, um, we've we've had a lot recently. They've been so. a lot coming through. I mean, you yeah. used to only see Chrono Fighters. You know what I mean? Exactly. That was the, which the, I loved. The, the sword kind of cool. fish. Right. Um, but these these are cool. These came out um, a couple years ago in the GT case, and they're they're just big. So if you like big watches, there's still tons of guys out there that are you know. I actually like the blue one the, too. I like the black and blue look. Yeah. So it's a great. It's big. It is a big watch. I mean, I do like big watches. I like heavy. So I mean, I think I could actually pull that off, but. And at forty two fifty, it's yeah forty two fifty. I would assume retail is probably double that at least, uh, knowing what Graham is on the secondary and and they are cool watches in the sense of like they're quirky. You get some complication, you get a GMT chronograph right. for not a lot of money, but and it's a good story. I mean, I like the whole company. It's just again, it's one of those quirky small brands, but it's got a place. Right. I mean, I I probably say that that's a safer bet than something like a BRM. Yes. You know, something. I like definitely that, like so. it better there. All right, number four. I'll let you go with that one. Number four is a very cool, you know, um, I don't think I've seen this one in person yet, but um, to me it's what I call 70s hell chronograph. Sure. I grew up with these chronographs. Uh, Omega did these styles. Cushion case. Cushion uh, case. I actually had a Seiko bullhead. That was a cool old chronograph. I'm a sucker for chronographs. We talked about this earlier today. I know you're not the biggest chronograph guy in the world, but I love the black and white, uh, love the case shape. Looks like it's in great shape, too. Again, I haven't seen that one physically. I've been on the road, so I haven't right. dug so, through the vault. And that's a bargain. Dude, I mean, So Vintage vintage Breitling has made a real comeback lately, and I think it uh, has to do with kind of what they're lacking on the market new. I would agree. Um, I would agree. So, I mean, for thirty-two fifty for an automatic chronograph with the cool, you know, tonode or cushion case vintage flair to it. nothing. That watch, I mean, so you wear that for two years and you sell it for thirty five hundred bucks. Exactly. You know, There's no downside. It's on already that watch. hit the bottom of its market. It's never going anywhere else. So no, anyways. and all those seventy things are coming back. I mean, you see what the Hoyers are bringing today. Yeah, you all see the, some of those. So you know, the just crazy money. The stuff that's popular now is the reissue of this stuff. Right. Right. Exactly. The so, Omega reissues, but the Breitling. Breitling did the. Uh, this is a SOP. perfect scenario in which, like, why would you go spend nine grand retail on a new one when you can buy the original exactly. for thirty two hundred bucks? So or three grand. What I mean. So, and then we have uh, at number three, uh, real quick, we have the IWC Big Pilot Heritage. That's the limited edition uh, in the bronze case. Uh, that one's pretty cool in person because it has uh, the the blued hands against the faux patina and then the bronze. Right. So it's got a really cool kind of expensive. And look Big to Pilot's it. iconic as can be. I yeah. mean, it just I love that watch. I love that everything. It's IWC. It screams across the room. I mean, you know me. I love watches that are true to what they are. You sure. know that's a IWC from anywhere. Yeah. So the Big Pilot, like you were saying, doesn't get more kind of classic than that. Um, for me personally, a little bit big from what I, w- I would want to wear, especially in bronze because you're adding the weight to it. But like I said, I I've, I like I've, big and heavy, I've so talked to, I don't know, 10 guys in the last two weeks that are like, I know everybody's going down, but I'm staying here and I'm wearing the big watches. So more power <laughs> to you. I mean, I guess, uh, you know, that's part of collecting. Figure out what works for you. Figure right? out what works for you. There's definitely all, right. all kinds of things. Number two. Your okay. favorite piece. I Okay, you know I have mixed feelings on Daytona's, but... Um, this particular one is, again, that's the Zenith Daytona with the black rings. Love that piece. Um, we've seen a big uptick in the last probably two years mm-hmm. uh, on Daytonas. Uh, everybody's figured out that, you know, the old Zeniths are worth something, sure. especially with papers. They've gone through the roof. I know we had one earlier this week that we sold with papers um, that was pushing 30 um, these are classics. I mean, I grew up with these. I am not a Daytona guy because I have to have, I'm a date cripple. I can't have a watch without a date. It gotcha. bothers me that they never put a date on it. 
Um, but the Zenith movement, it's historic. It's great. These are going nowhere but up, I think. I also think the 11652s are going to make a move yeah. soon. We've already, I was talking to people over in Asia, and they're already picking up over there. And we've seen them creep up a little bit. I mean, but. I think we all know Daytona's, you know, are kind of an all-boats-rise situation with the ceramics leading the way. But, uh, you know, the El Primeros over the last, I remember when these pieces were, were nothing. They were pennies. And <laughs> I remember just selling them new every, for seven well, grand. But, but the crazy thing is, like, you, all right, I can go buy a 2019 El Primero Zenith for, for what, four grand? Yeah. All right. So, but same movement. Same movement. But way older. Yep. And let's put it in this Rolex. And right. it's like, <laughs> but what you're buying is the scarcity of existence, right? You're buying the fact that that watch, either nobody wanted it when it well, was no, new. I mean, honestly, or, this was the first one that nobody could get. Right. The previous generation was the one that nobody well, wanted. I mean, I remember when having them sitting in the showcase in the early 80s, and we celebrated in 85, 86 when we sold it. And then two years later, this came out. And from day one, it was an over-retail waiting list watch. So for, so for me, the El Primeros didn't exist at retail when I started in the watch right. game. I'm sh they did for you. But right. my uh, experience with that watch is they were readily available when I was selling them. Yeah, it was like they much weren't easier. hard to get. They, they were cheaper. They weren't that bad, no. Now it's like, you know, you get a phone call and the guy just wants to finance a house because he has an El Primero. It's, I know. It's, I mean, the market is what it is. And, and it's crazy what the ceramics have done. I mean, they just keep going. I mean, I can't believe that you know, we got one in this week. It's gone in two days. I mean, they're not even hitting the site anymore. For a watch that I wouldn't own at retail, if it were me. <laughs> it's I've not said my that favorite. before. You have said it's that not before. my thing. So it's funny because we, you know, I haven't been doing this as long as you, but you're a, you're a stickler. For, like, you like chronos. I don't you know, I right. like them, but I could take it or leave it. Right. And I don't like dates and you have to have a have date so it's it's so cool to kind of see what what evolves from your own personal experience and everybody's you everybody's know, different That's some okay. of it is trend based but but most of it is personal preference which is awesome so number one uh we have i guess the watch that started the current craze of the pepsi right so yes, this it is the, it's uh, the original yeah the original gmt master pepsi um you know, twelve four fifty again. I remember when these watches were sixty five hundred seven grand. Yeah, but I also remember. I mean, they actually were a little stronger than that. I mean, they've softened a little bit. The sixteen seventy fives have felt like they've come down a little sure. bit because everybody's chasing the new one. Right. Um, so I don't think I think at twelve four fifty that's a decent buy today. I think now, Gress. I remember when they were four grand too. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, so uh, again, when I look at that watch, I see sixty seven fifty. That's kind of. Uh, you know, in my head and place and time when I knew that watch, that's what it was. Uh, not quite four. I mean, four's, <laughs> four's uh, hey, even better. I'm but old. but the like. thing is, is that, uh, you know, again, situation in which the new one is, is obviously in demand and this piece has come up. This one happens to be really, really nice. And I, I will say it. All the old Pepsis are color-wise or better than the new well, one. Well, I was going to say, the one thing I the funny thing is, every time you put that watch on a screen in front of me, it makes me smile. Yeah. I don't know why, but there's cool something piece. that's just a cool piece, yeah, and yeah. I get excited I'm every time I see one I'm not a huge fan of, of the, the new one, and I've said as much. I think the new Batman, I, or Batgirl, whatever you want to call it. It's a stupid name. Has, I like Batgirl. we got to come up with a better is, name than Batgirl. It is definitely... Somebody come up with a name that's better than Batgirl. I got you. Uh, <laughs> it's definitely better to me than the Pepsi. In my opinion, I like the watch better. I think it works better on... Anyways. I'm still a sucker for the white gold. I think the white gold GMT is the okay. perfect one. Well, I mean, that's way to the... escalate it. <laughs> way past No, what, I'm yeah. serious, though. If you think about it, I mean, that's an All awesome right, so, but watch. But for the Especially same... Picking between the Steel Pepsi and the Steel Batman on Jubilee, which one are you picking? I hate Jubilees. I can't. That's like Pick you a know, watch. bad. Pick a watch. Uh, 
Pause for dramatic effect. I go effect. Batman. All right. Because I love Batman. The, but the, the, well, you own one, right? I know I own one. It's my right. daily driver, but... All right. I'm not top a five. Guy. We're done. That's We're done it. with top five. It's never coming back again. It was no. a good top five yeah. though today. No, actually, the, the lineup was pretty good. All right. And not a tremendous amount of, like, all one-sided brand, so... Perfect. All right. We have... Uh, we used to do this thing with the... Uh, Josh and I started it. We kind of moved away from it, but it was, like, uh, top two watches we bought this week. I thought... It, I always liked it. I thought it was cool. Kind of let you guys see stuff before it's posted. So we're bringing it back. Uh, Mandros and I picked the two watches that we bought this week that are that we thought were cool and different. Mm-hmm. And uh, why don't you go first with your? You top want me pick? to go first? All sure. right. Um, my guest, top. <laughs> go well, for thank it. you very much. I'm going to go with my favorite. I mean, uh, nobody knows me here that well, but I'm a Longa junkie. Um, just for whatever reason, fell in love with the brand early on and have been following it since. Uh, this is something I actually bought in Hong Kong. Um, was dealing with a big Rolex dealer who happened to have this one longest sitting there and I asked about it and then uh, happened to see what it was from the front. It looks like a normal one except uh, traditionally you don't see blue steel hands uh, and yellow gold. Most of the longer ones you're going to see are rose gold. Um, they've got away from yellow in most of their things today as a lot of like Jaeger did and a lot of the manufacturers went strictly to rose but the originals were yellow. Um, when you flip it over is where it gets exciting for me at least. Um, so you'll notice this what has a solid that? case back. Um, and it's gra- engraved and almost hand engraved if you look at the, if you can get close on the serial number there. Um, so Longa, if everybody knows, uh, came back in 1994. Wall came down in 91, took Walter Longa, Gunther Bullenheim, and a couple of the guys to three years to produce their first collection of watches. And obviously their first watch was the Longa One, not being the best namers in the world, but... Yeah. It stuck. Super original name. Super original name. So in 1994, they came out with a longer one in a champagne dial, in an argente dial, which is this one with the blue steel hands, and a platinum piece. They did a tourbillon, the Saxonia, uh, and the arcade. And solid case back. So the first longas they made, the first serial numbers started with 1100000 was right. the first series. This particular one is 110040. Nice. So this is basically the 40th longa ever produced. And then we basically, so what he's trying to tell you is he doesn't know anything about longa is what he's trying to say. Exactly. No, but so we don't know how many of these exist. With the we solid don't case know. Bike. All I know is that um, I have their sequential numbers. So in 94 to 95, they went through 1,125 pieces over the, I think there were six references. So my guess would be there's a couple hundred of them. Yeah. Um, out in the world. A pretty rare pick. Right. And in 1995, they switched it over. This is a 101002. Um, they switched it over to a 101022 um, with a see-through back in 95. Right. And subsequently, all of them, except some of the special editions, were done with see-through back. So, again, it's a plain-looking watch, but it's just warm to my heart because it's... It's cool and it's, it's scarcity. Cool, it's rare. And it's, it's also it's kind of cool that you caught it in the And talks to the brand. And, I, again, I found it out of the blue. Right. And it found even you. the guys who I was with was like, well, why are you buying that? Yeah. <laughs> so that watch found you. Yes. I would argue you should probably add that to your I really collection. should add that to my collection. I would argue and that. And then we won't have to refinish it. Correct. <laughs> I think I think we leave that one as is unless the new owner wants to refinish it. But cool piece. Thanks. And kind of a cool find. Yeah, it was fun. All right. I'm going to go. I think I'm going to go right out of the gate with, like, the best piece on the table. It is the best piece on the table that I got. All right. So this is the new 44 millimeter chronograph that you guys have seen before the Jorn. what you have not seen is this is solid platinum 
in it might look like titanium because it's blasted but this is a very hefty piece it is such a nice piece i and mean it's such a good feel you've also seen this chronograph my only experience with this piece until now has been the yellow dial which eh, i don't know it's it is it's what horrible. it is i hate the yellow dial it's it's not for me it's but not for me. i can understand it's sporty this is uh what we call it's a blue mauve but it, it essentially it's purple, it's purple. So yeah, for for all respect, it's it's got this really beautiful uh, silver sub dials on this purple dial, which when the light hits it right, is just jumps off. It uh, the money shot for this is definitely the movement, but this is a uh, it might look like a traditional chronograph, but this is a mono pusher, uh, retroponte. So the top is the mono pusher, start stop reset, and the split for the retroponte. You forget the, the most important thing. What's that? Big date. Big date. Double chronograph date. with a date. It's awesome. Awesome. Um, so yeah, this, this does it for everybody. Plus <laughs> it's solid platinum. And then the cool thing with this watch, and I've always said like Jorn for me is a chronograph manufacturer, uh, in terms of like when he eventually hits, you know, kicks the bucket, I think he will be known as probably the greatest chronograph watchmaker. Interesting. And for, so for me, my favorite watch that he makes is the Centigraph. And I Love think that's like, for me, it's the most iconic. It's the one that I would own. I do like this piece a lot. The The rubber integration shows you that uh, it was meant to be a sports watch. Um, so you have rubber all over the case, the crown, in the bracelet. Almost everywhere you would expect to hit this against something. Uh, the right. thought is let's put some rubber on it. Um, I'm going to flip even the uh, yeah the crown is coated. So I'm going to flip this over and you guys can take a look at this. Look at that. So, you know, not quite, uh, you know, we're not looking at an early brass movement by any means. No. But, but we are looking beautiful. at something pretty damn special. And uh, that might be something that when you wear that to work, you have to take it off and flip it upside down, put it on your desk. <laughs> at and least once a day. It. Yeah. I was playing with the, uh, the mono pusher and just look, watching the movement from the back. It's, it's really, really, really special. So, yeah. I think the I'm other open. thing that's cool is the fact that he actually had the guts to mix rubber and platinum. I mean, if you think yeah. about it, who else is going to do that? It's then. it's such a stealth wealth type of watch. Right. Well, I think all Jorns kind of are. They don't look like you know hundred thousand no. dollar watches. They all are stealth wealth. But this has a freaking purple dial, and it's <laughs> blasted platinum. So hey, let's not make the platinum the key here. Let's make the movement the key. Let's blast it. Let's make it low key. It's it's really really special. And I happen to I have fallen hard for this. If I had a hundred thousand dollars to spend on a watch, discretionary income, hey, that might be a contender. It's an awesome pick. All right. That was mine. What's your number two? My second one, people are going to laugh at, I think, because I went, uh, again, I went old school. Um, I've been spending a lot of my life uh, this year uh, working on our Rolex business, um, and we are becoming one of the biggest in the world in Rolex. Um, Rolex sports watches are about as iconic and hot as anything is. Um, this, I feel like, is the next one that's going to go. Uh, Explorer 2s, I own this watch myself. Um, I owned always this and a two-tone blue sub mm -hmm. were kind of my two daily watches. Um, I still have it. It's a great piece. It's a great function. It's a nice size. I like the white on steel. And to me, it's a you know it's a steel sports watch that's under seven grand. So that's there's the, nowhere to go but up. This yeah, is the so forty millimeter. The forty millimeter one four zero six zero right. Oh no! no I'm sorry. No, uh, no. One, one six five seven. Yeah, one six five seven. Yeah. So and again, the white is my favorite. They do the black as well, but. Um, I've been doing my best to corner the market on these. <laughs> yeah, so we, we're buying a lot of inventory right now. And yeah, because I think they're undervalued. To your point, yeah. I mean, we've we're, we've put a tremendous amount. Manjo's is spearheading basically our Rolex uh, acquisition. We're basically pushing as hard as we can into Rolex. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's a piece 
that uh, seems to be trending up. We're not only buying more of them, but we're selling more than selling we ever had. Crazy, yeah. And uh, and I think the piece just behind this, in terms of like turn ratio, was the Yachtmaster Two, the old yeah, one. Yeah, they, which is funny because I watched it for a long time was very undesirable, uh, especially when the newer one came out, the yep. new hands. But now we're starting to see them pick up. So this could be the one. And then the cool thing with this watch, uh, obviously, I like the aesthetic of this because I own the forty-two millimeter version. Right. Um, this one has the red hand, GMT hand. But the cool thing with this is there's variants of this watch. It was out for so long that, like, you can find ones with tritium. You can find them with Correct. different looms. You there's... also find the no – I mean, this is what they call a whole, no holes version. Right. They do ones – the earlier but one you'll has find, the holes in the case. I've even seen, like, mistake screen-printed dials from those. Yep. There's, like, cool little variations. There so was the for... ivory dial that they did for the one year, the 16550. Exactly. So um, for collectors, there's cool little, like, one-off variants and stuff, which is, which is neat. That was before – you know, maybe that manufacturer had all of their shit together. Yeah, there was again. There was very there was variations in that stuff before, and there's not anymore. We found a uh, a Daytona the other day, a white gold Daytona that had a misprinted upside down six. Yep. It was. It's like all right. It's just, <laughs> I mean, as weird and cool as that could be. I mean, it's, you get the GMTs, what they call chopstick dials over there. Right. It's so just here's awesome. another one. This is my number two for this week uh, purchase. This is everybody knows this watch and loves this watch. Uh, the Z Blue. Z Blue is a great watch, and it's another watch that's taken off. Yeah, so uh, everybody wants this watch right now. Uh, it's it's gotten obviously all steel Rolex. It's hard to get, but the Z Blue seems to be like when we get one, it's gone already, or we just don't have it. It's not a piece that we can keep in stock. No, nope. um, I love the Milgauss. I I absolutely adore the watch. It's a little. I mean, if I were to own one, I'd have to get it matted out. It's a little too shiny for me. But I love the you know engineer aspect of this. The Z Blue is not my favorite iteration. I like the regular uh, green tinted G. Green black, yeah. That or uh, probably my favorite Milgauss of all time is just the white non tinted, the white with the orange markers that's been discontinued. Um, my, that's my wife's daily watch. Is it? That's what I bought. So I, was, I love that watch. What I would love to do yeah. if I could, if I could get a GV crystal is buy that white dial and put a green, green crystal, crystal on it. I think it would be so cool. <laughs> and like, what would uh, show off the green tint more than a white dial? So, in my in my opinion, a failed uh, opportunity from Rolex to put a green crystal on something. But um, the GV man, I think uh, I bought that Z Blue and it's gone already. It's sold. Yeah. But I had to bring it on the show to show. It's a great pick. I mean, without a doubt. That's a, the blue and orange definitely works together. It is cool. Yeah. And again, yeah. anything in Rolex Sport models right now are just flying through. Awesome. Because, so, again, you, there's no downside to them. I mean, what do you – you're going to wear it. You can beat it up. You can wear it every day. And, you know, you're not going to take yeah. a big hit. So we, nice. we both went – which is kind of funny because we didn't really talk to each other about this. But we both <laughs> went with, like, higher-end picks and a cheaper pick. Well, not that the Rolex Sports stuff's cheap, but... Cheap, but it's a good value. I mean, right. you can't argue the value on them. And then, uh, so we were we were rummaging <laughs> through the safe uh, to figure out what we should even talk about today. And uh, a couple of these watches came up, and uh, we had a WTF moment <laughs> in terms of, what the hell are we doing? Why, why is this even here? Why does this exist in our vault currently? Um, which led to, well, why don't we do that on the show? Why don't we talk about, um, you know, we have... A uh, guy on the show, he does shows every Wednesday. He talks about stuff from the vault. Right. Um, his name might be on uh, the head of, of a company. He doesn't really know a lot about watches. He likes to throw shade on his shows about people <laughs> learning stuff. Um, all I would say is I always like tuning in on Wednesdays to see Tim's other show with a guest. There you go. So back at you. Um, but anyhow, <laughs> this is the stuff that said individual will not bring out. 
and show you because it's not the uh, you know the cool stuff. The cool stuff. No, this so is these not are the, cool. the dogs. This is the not the cool stuff. So these watches are for sale. We are doing ourselves no, <laughs> no service. service. Telling you that we don't like these watches, but it is funny as hell, and there there is a uh, saleable aspect to this in which they're just great value propositions because they're cheap. They are dirt cheap, but they they suck. They yeah. they are ugly watches. They're right. bad. Right, so I will start? let you pick which one you want to talk about. I will start with the ladies, right. um, because again, uh, it is an unusual piece. The uh, it's a brand that I used to go visit all the time in Basel. Uh, I think they're gone now. Um, it's one I could never pronounce, so we used to call it Degrizagrizagonio because we couldn't figure out how to pronounce the thing. Um, but they used to make spectacularly intricate, complicated ladies' watches. It's really gonna, a specialty. I'm going to take a stab and go Degraziano, but that's probably wrong. That's better than I'm going to do. Um, the bezel on this is absolutely incredibly, com beautifully done, uh, machine cut, I'm sure, rubies. Um, yeah, that cost a fortune to do. I mean, the retail on this was, I think you looked it up, it was insanely $141,000. Right. So um, they're, they're rubies, they're baguette cut, they're individually hand set, the right. case is white gold. The thing is, I and mean, it weighs it's like heavy. a pound and a half. Yeah, it's heavy. Which not a single woman I know likes big, heavy watches. So it's heavy. It's got the shark skin strap. I think that's Stingray. Stingray, you're right. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, but so it's like a loud, crazy, overcomplicated yes. in terms of materials, but not so complicated in terms of movement. movement. Right, got to see through back, which is nice. Expensive, out. crazy expensive originally. So uh, that's a watch. I think that's uh, I think it's up on the website for like fifteen grand, maybe a little exactly. bit less. One hundred and forty-one thousand dollars watch, ten cents. So yeah, when we talk about you know value perspective and what holds it that's not it that's, that's not it that's not it but it's a watch you can buy for pennies on the dollar um if you are that woman that likes you know kind of a heavy watch and you, dress you want to go you with. want something that's not quartz and it's automatic <laughs> and it has a power reserve and hey you happen to like rubies we got the watch for you there you go i mean but when when you're us and you're pulling through the vault and you see this thing and you ask yourself is that? why do we own this <laughs> The answer to that question is it's a $141,000 watch that uh, sells for fifteen grand. Exactly. So, hey, there you go. We'll find a home for it. Number one, Number of, one. of the WTF watches. I'm going to go here. I knew you were going there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and tell you that when I pulled this out of the vault, I was a little bit scared for us. <laughs> Didn't know how long we owned it or what we owned it for at the time. This, uh, The only way that I can explain this watch is that has to be where you keep the time stone if you're Doctor Strange. It is a weird watch. It is so, completely, it's a weird watch on a strap, but you put that bracelet yeah, to it and it's give you guys really some scope weird. As to what we're talking. So to, to me, it's like, uh, so this is the UN. Um, let me try and give you a close up on the dial here. So it's the, uh, the name on this thing is the, uh, I think it's the Astrolabium, yep. which is how you're supposed to pronounce it. That's uh, the name's very weird. Oh, it's actually, right there there you so go say it how you like but um this is basically a uh like a um, astral calendar so it's a sundial it tells you lunar time sun time <laughs> it's got a calendar i'm pretty sure it, like opens time space continuum portals. there's gotta be a black hole in there somewhere it's it's crazy weird in like the the most odd way possible we've looked at some crazy cool watches that are like Thanos and I back in the day, like the central turbion from Omega that right. we said yeah. is like, 
is crazy, but in like the most weird. awesome way. Right. This is weird in like the worst way possible. <laughs> the bracelet is what kills me. I tried thing. to read up so I could like actually tell you what this thing does. I don't think there's a single write up where someone could tell you exactly how this watch works. Um, no doubt that it's amazing. I mean, like the complexity in it. Somebody spent a lot of time designing you this and, watch. You always made crazy watches. I mean, between the Freak is, and the other things. But I mean, this is just like somebody went off the that reservation on this funky, one. Man. Yeah. With the bumps on it, I don't really understand. I don't think you can look at this watch and not think uh, Omega um, Constellation. It has that same has bracelet same structure. Same Constellation same bracelet. Same Roman numerals across this, so I don't know. But it is a solid chunk of gold. Solid chunk of gold. And, and it still has a sticker on the back of it, so either it's got just a, got it serviced or never wore it. Exactly. This actually has uh, some horological uh, pricing presence. So these, like five years ago, these were going for like $25,000. Really? Yeah. I think now they're closer to fifteen. But, I mean, hey, if you want to buy an all-gold kind of like funky watch, I mean. You will not see another one. This right? is a total watch nerd <laughs> watch, and, and or you got to be like some dignitary to like, uh, Ford ambassador. I was just saying ambassador to yeah. Yeah, you're getting in an armored vehicle, something like that. <laughs> but all right, that was another watch that when I looked at, it, I was like, ah, what the? F well, I don't know what that is. But anyhow, here you go. That's a that's the highlight of the show. This is the highlight of the show. So this is Ralph Lauren. Um, most people probably don't know, but Ralph Lauren, I want to say, got to be eight or ten years ago. I think it was 2010. Was it that? Yeah, it sounds about. I could be. Um, partnered with Richemont, yep. who has some of the biggest brands, and decided to design and create his own watch line, um, and went very high-end. I actually um, used to speak watches with him, and when he was designing them, and we talked about them, and he was very insistent on using the best movements that were available out there, um, but typically it missed the mark. Yeah. Um, they tried to make ladies' watches. It didn't work. We did some men's watches. They had one cool one with a wood dial. Yeah. That was somewhat was a, successful, uh, but like an original Jaguar Dash or I think exactly. it was a, yeah, pearled walnut. Pearled walnut. Uh, this one is a PVD, I think. Oh uh, no, ceramic. Ceramic. Yeah, with the yellow in the middle, which just doesn't seem to they be do. the right color about anything. The, the one highlight of it is it's a Jaeger chronograph movement. Right. So it's so, a real movement. Right. So Auto the cool Chrono. thing, yeah. So uh, partner with Reachmont. Um, some of these watches, like the Ultra Thin, had a Piaget movement in it. Correct. There were some of the pieces that originally launched had IWC movements in them. Um, the idea was, you know, we're going to jump all the all the bull and go straight to super high-end watches, which right. they didn't have the name for. It was well, the very name was considered a fashion sell. brand, so people were thinking of a exactly. Ro so, watch oh, that's, too grand, that's you know, a pretty watch. Numbers. How much is that? And it's $3,000, and it was $13,000 or, or whatnot. So, um, you know, this watch... I think the retail had to be over ten grand. Was, I would say I think probably it was closer to twelve. I was a dealer from the, from the I beginning. I sold some of these. Yeah. yeah, I sold some of these at Torno when they brought them in. They started bringing them in. Um, the only piece anybody ever wanted was that burled burl walnut, though. Right. So this piece has JLC movement in it. Um, you know, automatic chronograph. Not the prettiest movement, but it is decorated. It's kind of a tinted anti-reflective crystal, so it's kind of hard to get there, but. They, they actually, the watch actually brings some value. I mean, you're looking at a watch that was $13,000 uh, new, more or less. I'm going to go ahead and guesstimate. It's ceramic. It's got a JLC movement in it. So, you know, let's figure you're looking at a master compressor or something, right? Those Correct. go for, in steel, go for six, seven grand. Right. This is an automatic chronograph in full ceramic, uh, sans the weird rubber <laughs> um, insert. But uh, for three grand, I think they sell four on the pre-owned market. So it's hey, a it's no question it's a bargain. Oh, it is sticker. not something I'd be wearing home. 
I actually, I think <laughs> my you wife could, would be making a lot of fun of me. Listen, if you wanted to spend three grand on something that that you're gonna regret tomorrow, <laughs> that's uh, the guy. This is it right here. If you put this on a strap, though, I could see it, it would being. Be, not I so could bad. see it being on a black strap. You might get away with it. Maybe black croc with the yellow stitch or something. That, yeah, a touch. But that's just, and it's like a mustardy yellow. It's not even like a good yellow. It's it's the least offensive of the three. What the fuck watches? Okay, I might give you that. That's but true. it's also pretty bad. It's pretty bad. All right. <laughs> it's I like durable. That segment. Anyways, so yeah, that, that's kind of fun. Um, is that it for today? I think that's I it think for that's today. I think that's all we had covered for sure. Uh, we reached a uh, ton of subscribers over the last couple uh, couple weeks, so we appreciate that. We have the website that went out of beta. It's not perfect. We're working on but it. It's good. It's better. It's than, certainly a you know. I, will, I love it. I for, like the new logo. Yeah, I like the, the new... look is really great. I will say that the search bar in the new website is fantastic. It's probably my favorite feature of the new website. You could search anything now. Before I would type Jor, nothing would show nothing up. Nothing would show up, yeah. Um, so the new search feature is awesome. There's some really cool features on there. Uh, you may or may not have noticed uh, all of the media stuff at the bottom of the show, uh, at the bottom of the website. We're working on that as well. Um, so yeah, all good things. We're we're gearing up for second half of the year. It's July already. It's gonna yeah, get it's crazy. Gonna be... um, next week we have another guest on the trading desk, somebody special that you have not seen on this show before, who I'm pretty excited about. And uh, yeah, that's it. I'm glad awesome, you came man. back. I'm it's always good to have you back. Yeah. And uh, thumbs up for Manjos for coming on the show <laughs> for and uh, being super fun. knowledgeable. Thanks. All right. Appreciate Thanks, guys. It.